0: Live from Victoria, British Columbia. It's Tuesday afternoon, and I'm pretending to have a nap to get away from my family. Isn't this wonderful? Joyous, even. Isn't it joyous? I'm really glad to be here today with you guys. I have a lot of stuff to cover. And if you're wondering why my voice is so husky and sexy, it's because I'm in bed, and I'm partially laying down. Yeah, I'm laying right down. I'm laying down so much that... The fat from my four chins and my two necks is pushing down on my windpipe and it's making me real breathy, sexy. All right, anyway, calm down, everybody. Calm down. I am doing this from bed and I feel like, uh, perhaps, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop doing that. I've got a lot of shit to cover. A lot of shit. Okay, I'm in Victoria as opposed to Winnipeg this time. How did that happen? Good question. Good question. How do people in this modern age travel from the middle of the continent to the West Coast? T- coast t- Pardon me, West Coast. Well, the answer to that is simple, my friends. Air travel. Am I right, folks? Okay, this is getting annoying. <laughs> um, so we flew and we flew with an almost three-year-old and it made for some fun and it made for some not very much fun because as a three-year-old, it's hard to sit for four hours. It's hard. It's a long trip. Um, Yeah, and it was like minus 40-ish Celsius, which is pretty close to Fahrenheit, I think, when we left. So the plane needed to be rebooted because apparently they're made in Brazil and they don't like the cold. So the pilot's like, "Uh, we're just going to have to stop down the whole plane and uh, reboot it and see if that'll get rid of some of these warnings that we're seeing here in the cockpit. Uh, These planes are made in Brazil and don't like the cold. Well, isn't that fucking reassuring then? Okay, great, yeah. Sometimes too much information is a bad thing, sir. Sometimes. Well, when you're a pilot and... Yeah, you could leave some things out. You could, you could certainly, I could do without that. And then he comes back on and he's like, okay, well, we shut everything down and we just reboot it. It's kind of like a control alt delete for the plane. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't need to know. Just, uh, you just do what you do there and I'll do what we do back here. And, uh, yeah, too much information can be, can be a bad thing. Um, okay. So what happened on the plane? There, there came a point where I wanted to choke my child, And that's never a good thing. But Sarah and I are really good at uh, switching off. Because, you know, how kids are. He wants to get up. He wants to walk around. He wants to be annoying. He wants to see everything, touch everything. And just test my patience. You know, how it goes. So she tagged out. And she took my seat. And I, in turn, sat beside... um, Sorry, I was sitting with Malcolm. So she tagged out. Or I tagged out and she sat beside the kid. And I sat beside what I can only assume is a lesbian, um, I'm really not good at, uh, the gaydar thing at all, like, I didn't even know that Rachel Maddow was gay until this very morning, no idea, I had no idea, and she's 41, married to a fix- 56-year-old woman, 56, 41, 56, like, I can get how that would be hot if you're, like, 29, 40, I can get how that would be hot. But, um, yeah, I don't know that 45 and 60 is going to be that hot. But what do I know? What do I know? Not much. Not much. Okay, so we get the bastard on the plane, and he starts freaking out, and eventually he falls asleep, which is wonderful. We land in um, Vancouver, and there was a lot of Chinamen getting on the flight from Winnipeg to Vancouver. And I'm not trying to be racist, it's just that there's... different kinds of asian getting on that plane because the majority of asians in canada probably live in vancouver except for the filipinos that's all that's all winnipeg that's all little manila uh yeah so the second flight was much nicer it was only a half an hour from vancouver to victoria and victoria is an island called vancouver island and it's just it's just breathtaking it's just gorgeous. So we get to fly in this tiny little commuter plane that's not doesn't go too high up in the air, and uh, it's a short flight. And I was a victim of um, what has been known as man spread. Do you guys familiar with manspread? It's something I hear on Keith and the Girl, that podcast. I hear about it all the time. It's like a New York thing where they have all these ads. Don't be a man-spreader, blah, blah, blah. And man-spread basically means take up as much space as humanly possible. Like, spread your legs really far apart, put your arms sticking out. And I was a victim. A a, a silent victim. I wish I could say not-so-silent, but I didn't say anything. But I did sigh a lot, audibly. I audibly sighed at this man. Several times. Several times. So we're sitting in our seats, and Sarah and Malcolm are on one side of the plane, well, not that we're far, and I'm, I'm in the aisle right beside Sarah. Pretty much I can reach my hand out and slap her if I wanted to, but I didn't. And this man sitting next to me, I knew he was trouble. The second I got on the plane, I looked down at my seat. He's pulled the armrest up. Um, okay, actually, you know what? Before I start this story, let me just tell you the difference in my mind okay, between men and women. I read a psychology book a million years ago. No, I didn't take a class, but my sister did. So I was thumbing through her textbook, and there was this one section that said um, they had, I don't know how many people, 50 people stand up in a relatively small room, and um, they just didn't tell them why for any reason, just got men and women mixed together to stand up in a relatively small space, and they observed them. And of course, the men you know, wide stance, hands on their hips, they were taking up as much space as they possibly could. And then the women were trying to minimize themselves and, you know, take up as little space as they possibly could. And I got to tell you, that translates quite well, quite well into the story I'm about to tell you here. So when I was sitting by that lesbian, uh, her and I were being very civilized, you know, we're trying to not um, touch thighs or knees, I kept to my side, she kept to her side, neither one of us took the armrest in the middle because I think we both felt that the other might want to utilize that armrest, so neither of us used it, and usually when I get on a plane and a man is sitting next to me and he's there already, or maybe I'm sitting there and he's to come, he'll take the armrest every single fucking time, the guy just takes the armrest, and I don't care, I just take mental note of it. So when I climb up onto a fucking watchtower with my machine gun, I'm going to remember, and I'm going to scream, "Arrest!" And I'm going to shoot all the men. That's all I'm going to do. That's part of my manifesto. That's part of my manifesto. So having said that, having said that, so my first interaction was this woman, and I'm going to really, really, really guess that she actually was a lesbian because there were certain people on our flight to Vancouver that were going to portland or to los angeles from vancouver it was like a stopover for them so they had connecting flights and of course we were so late because they had to de-ice the planes because the planes were made in brazil yet they're flying in the fucking tundra what, for whatever reason and uh, they had to get off and here's another thing i fucking love about people no one knows how to follow oral instruction Very few people do, I should say. I shouldn't generalize and say no one, but very few. Even when we were boarding the the plane to get to Vancouver in Winnipeg, we're at the airport, uh, now seating passengers in Zones 1 through 3. Zones 1 through 3. This information can be found on the top right corner of your boarding pass. Now boarding Zones 1 through 3. Okay. Right? Not complicated. Not complicated at all. So we're standing in this lineup, and we have formed a line. And then other people start kind of forming their own line. So it's like now it's basically a a fork-shaped line. Why do people do that? And then it turns out that, guess what, the seven or eight men in front of us weren't in zones one through three. So they're just kind of like, oh, oh, I gotta look at my ticket, oh. But they don't leave the line after they know they're wrong. They just kind of stand there and, like, look around. Like, they're not engaged in the lineup process. They just kind of stand there. They don't admit that they're not in line for no reason. They just kind of fucking stand there and suck up the space. So Sarah's like, "What, what the fuck are they, like, are they in the line? Are they in the line? I'm like, I don't think they know what they're doing. So we bypassed all of them entirely. And yeah, sure enough, they were just fucking in zone five, I bet idiots like it's not complicated to figure that shit out i'm dumb as rocks and i fucking figure that shit out um and then so we're okay i tell the worst stories in the world but you know what you're here for a reason and this is going to take a long time so then it's like become an emergency because we waited so long to get de-iced that these people that had connecting flights needed to get off the plane immediately because they were literally holding their planes for them they were not letting they were not allowing those flights to take off because we were so close and they needed to get off the plane to catch the connecting flight so like there's I don't know three four hundred people waiting for these people to get to the terminal to get on their flight so that they can leave and um, they make an announcement saying that please everyone stay seated unless you're connecting to Los Angeles or Portland please stay seated yeah what do you think happened when the plane landed any guesses Okay, all the Asians stood up and blocked the aisleway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there were white people too. It wasn't just Asians. But I would say 70% Asians. And of course, the little granola lesbian sitting next to me, guess where she was going? Do you think she was going to Portland or Los Angeles? I think she had a hemp bracelet. What do you think? Do you think she has to get home to her chickens? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to guess Portland too. Um, So I'm just astounded. It's like, fuck, just sit down, shut up, it's like, you know, you remember on South Park, where there was that bus driver, and all she ever screamed was, sit down, shut up, and it's like, yeah, you need an announcement like that, sit down and shut up, and let these people get by, but no, of course not, fuck, anyway, um, okay, so that's that, so I'm just astounded consistently by people being totally oblivious, and fucking inconsiderate, and uh, a little bit stupid, and I'm usually all of those things in my everyday life, but travel Sanchez, she's on a mission. Okay. I, I understand the rules sometimes barely on occasion here and there. And I think my favorite part about traveling with Malcolm was when we were on the plane in Victoria or on the way to Victoria, we've landed. Now we're all kind of waiting to get off the plane. Oh, I forgot the man spread story. Okay. Right. I got lost. I got lost. I should really just can this whole thing, but I'm too lazy. Um, okay, I get on the plane and I can see already, right. When I go to approach my seat, this man has put the armrest up in the middle, which is fine. I mean, I don't like that. I like to have my own space defined by me. And he wasn't a huge man. Like he wasn't like, he was probably a little bit wider than I am, but not huge. Like he wasn't a gigantic 500 pound man or anything like that, but he put the armrest up and I was like, fuck, (sighs) whatever. Have it have it. I don't care if our fucking muffin tops touch. (sighs) Um, and so not only did he man spread me into like the, like I only got really half of my leg room because he was man spreading all over my fucking leg room. Here's what he did. Okay. He's reading a magazine and he was reading the magazine, holding it with one hand and the other arm was on his hip. So his elbow was like right above my arm in a sitting position. Like, you know, when you sit and your hand is on your knee, his elbow was in front of my arm. Does he not understand the concept of other people? How? I don't know. I just, I don't understand. Like you've paid for these three feet on this seat and the three feet in front of that. And I don't understand why you can't just cram your shit into that little spot. Like, why can't you keep your hands and arms inside your little spot there? Like, why do, you, why do you need to... Like, I've paid for my seat. And you've paid for your seat. You didn't pay for your seat and half of my seat. And I don't want to feel your thigh fat touching my thigh fat. Like, muffin top is different. That's out of necessity. But you leaning your fucking thigh on my thigh you weird, bald, gross old man. It's not cool. It's not cool. It's not cool. Ugh. Okay, so there's that story. And then we finally land in Victoria. And it's been a long day. Like, we got up at four, and I don't know what the fuck happens. It's like, Victoria is two hours ahead of Winnipeg. So right now, it's 3.50. So at home, it would be 5.50. So we kind of gained two hours and we're just kind of delirious. And uh, Malcolm had a nap, but we did not. So we land in Victoria, beautiful flight. It was just gorgeous. You really, really get to see how scenic and green and lush Victoria is. And keep in mind, I came from minus 42, I don't know, two feet of snow, ice, wind, wind chill. It's hard to believe when you live in that kind of climate year after year winter after winter, that anywhere else in Canada could possibly be green. It's such a strange concept. But then here we were flying over beautiful Victoria and the ocean and everything. And it's just amazing that people can live like this. Like, why do I live in Winnipeg? Why would anyone choose to live there? It's just fucking freezing cold all the time. Like right now, it's very nice. It's like 12 degrees, windy, but beautiful, sunny, the mountains it's just I don't know how to paint a greener picture for you it's just it's lush it's just beautiful I just uh yeah I could imagine staying here for a real wrong time and you know what I don't know that I've seen any ethnics actually which is pretty weird I'm trying to think I saw one black guy who asked me for a lighter so I, of course you know you know me I just I assumed he was trying to rob me um but that's the only black guy I think I've seen yeah, I think that's the only ethnic I've seen this whole fucking time now that I think of it. Weird, weird. Anyway. Um, right, uh, the other the other annoying passenger that I saw, um, I noticed him when we were waiting to board this tiny little plane. And he, he was greasy, but like on purpose he was intentionally disheveled, I feel. So he gets on the plane and he's sitting next to this MILF, except... She's a mom I wouldn't like to fuck. What do you call that? Mulfle? Milwufle? Milf? Milwuf? Anyway, I would not like to fuck her. No, I wouldn't. Um, Bleach blonde hair, really sequined jeans on the at- He She had mom jeans and a too tight top and uh, really funky glasses. She's just trying. Just really trying. And she's sitting next to this guy. It was probably about, probably about 30. Yeah, like I said intentionally disheveled, greasy hair. And you know what it is on an airplane. You you can't help but hear other people's conversations because there's nothing else to fucking do. There's no TV. They don't want you to turn. It's such a short flight that you don't even get to turn your shit on. And that's another thing I don't get. Why is it on the flight from Winnipeg to Vancouver? It's like, oh, yeah, sure, turn your shit on. Just put put it in airplane mode. And then on this little tiny commuter plane, it's like, do not turn your shit on. We're going to fucking crash and burn and die. How, what's the fucking difference like how could it be okay on one flight but not on the other anyway so this greasy guy in the MILF or mom I wouldn't like to fuck I can't I didn't, I didn't sound that out can somebody write in what the acronym is for that because I can't can't figure it out and all I can hear him say is I and me and we and then we took this bus ride from Cambodia to Vietnam and it was a non-stop party bus I mean they just had this music cranking you know for like twenty nine hours straight and if you had to go to the bathroom you just they stopped every three hours and you'd just go on the side of the road I mean you'd just go on the side of the road you know and then later on I tuned in again to the greasy white guy network and he was talking about Australia and New Zealand and I don't I didn't hear him once ask that mom I wouldn't like to fuck a question he never said the word you or or any any upward inflection there was nothing there wasn't a and you or um how are you or what are where are you going it was just i and me and southeast asia and i ate dog no he didn't eat dog but that would have at least made him interesting gross but interesting you know so now we've landed okay i keep trying to fucking i've been trying to tell this we landed story about i don't know seven or eight times now between the mad spreading and the fucking greasy guy and the I should really stop and think about what that would be, Mom. I wouldn't like to fuck MILF. MILF. Fuck. Oh man, that was painful. I don't even. I don't even know why you guys are still listening, but thanks. Thanks for that. Um. So we land, and uh, we're kind of, you know, everyone's gathering up their stuff, and the guy in front of us, in front of me, I should say, is just sitting there, and all you hear is this. And then Malcolm looks at looks at the guy that's sitting in front of me, because he's standing beside him, and he looks him right in the eye and he's like, I had a whittle toot and I could not stop laughing. Cause it's like I guess he felt that it was audible, so he had to <laughs> he had to acknowledge it. And I was like, Oh <laughs> well that's great Malcolm considering there's no fresh air in here whatsoever good for you Uh, (laughs) I don't know if I think that's so funny because I'm his dad or because it's funny who the fuck knows who the fuck knows okay I want to talk about um, well lots of other things but I want to talk about one more thing before I play a clip from somebody I think I'm going to play Rose because Rose sent this in a long time ago but I'll tell you the story first and then we'll get into Rose Um, the 600 pound life okay if you don't know what it is you're dead to me, and I hate you. Yes, I can't stand you. You're not my kind of people. You should not be here. You're probably not even racist. And if you have a beard... Okay, you can stay. I think I think beards are cool. I wish I had a beard. I kind of do. Okay, mind you... You had to... Yeah, okay. Yeah, you had to take that shot. Eh? Yeah, I know I have a beard. Yes. Yes, thank you. I'm Italian. Very funny. You are hilarious, sir. You are hilarious. Okay, so I'm watching my 600-pound life, and I'm always watching. It's Wednesday nights. Um... I used to watch Intervention and My 600-pound life, I think, or Hoarding. I can't remember. I used to call Mondays Self-Esteem Mondays because it was like all these people that kind of had slightly more fucked up lives than I do, and watching it would make me feel better about myself, so that's what I called Mondays. It was Self-Esteem Mondays and now Intervention has been canceled. But somehow the Real Housewives of Orange County still on. Still on. God, I love Intervention. Um so My 600-pound life um, there's, this woman is, like, the most disturbing six, like, fat person show I've ever seen, really. Um, and I was watching it with Sarah, and I kind of wish I would have just, uh, recorded us watching it together, because it was, it was just weird. This, this one was a girl that was quite attractive in the face, you know, pretty face. She kind of looked like, um, a fat Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, and I can't figure out what her ethnic background is, but it's, she's got brown hair, and, uh darker skin kind of like more of an olive complexion and um I don't know what the fuck was wrong with her her calves but like her calves like I'm not even exaggerating were at at least two and a half feet around like if you took a measuring tape and measured it it would it would seriously be two and a half feet so like imagine what that would look like and how how quite large that is and it was like disturbing and uh You you know, you meet her family and, of course, uh, she has a boyfriend, right, who just happens to be living with them. And he looks a little slow in the head. Like, when you look at his face, you think, oh, well, aren't you special? Isn't that special? And she goes on and she's talking and um, she's talking about her boyfriend and how he likes bigger women. And then you see her waddle off to the bathroom, and she's got to be about my height, like she looks really short, like she's 5'3 five, five, or 5'4 maybe, and she sits on the toilet, because she can't get upstairs, because she's 650 pounds, and she has to sit on the toilet to wash herself, and she's got like a brush, like a back scrubber brush with a long handle, which she wets and puts soap on, and uses it to scrub the the folds of her thighs right like i just left a second there for you to she's basically like literally washing herself with a rag on a stick so i get i'm watching this and i'm just kind of like disturbed and upset and like i'm i'm at a cross between being really sad for her and laughing hysterically i just kind of teeter taught her both ways it's like oh my god she's washing herself with a rag on a stick it's a real thing someone has to do that and then I'm like oh she's washing herself with a rag on a stick and then I get an email from a listener I'm not going to name because if I name her you'll know who she is and I'm really not into invading anyone's privacy except my own actually um okay so where does this hang on I'll pause it and I'll read this to you because it's funny Okay. So I'm watching it. I get an email alert and it says, this girl on my 600 pound life sounds so much like you. It's crazy. It's kind of freaking me out. Figure you'd like to know. Yes. And let me tell you, dear listener, the similarities do not stop there. I as well. Rag on a stick. Sexita. Uh, so it's really, I'm really glad that people watch the same disturbing shows and, uh, keep me in mind. And we did sound alike. And then this fucked up thing happened. I just, sometimes TLC, I wish you would kind of look at the commercials you're playing. Because here's what happened. She's basically sitting in front of the camera, pouring her absolute heart out, and she's sobbing. And she's really struggling with a food addiction. Like, hardcore. She's really upset about it. It's like, She can't stop herself. Like, every time there's food around, she constantly overeats. And I'm fat, but I'm just, like, regular fat. Uh, Yeah, like, I'm fat, mom fat. But she's, like, 650 fucking pounds of fat. Like, god damn it. And it's all, it seems to me it's all in these tree trunk legs. But way to put the two bows in your hair, sweetheart, because that really distracts from everything else. And uh, so she's talking, and she's basically crying to the camera, and she's like, It shouldn't be this hard to be a person, right? Heartbreaking. She's crying. She doesn't know what to do with her hands. She's really upset. And then TLC, instead of playing, you know, a commercial for John and Kate Plus 8 or Kate Plus 8 or the other fat girl show with Whitney, she's not just a fat ass, she's a badass or something like that. Instead of playing just some other generic commercial, here's what comes on. Can you hear it? Happy place? Singing, happy place. It's a fucking Nutella commercial. So she's like crying her face off, talking about her food addiction and how she doesn't know how to be a person and it really shouldn't be that hard to be a person. Boom. Commercial break. Can't buy my happy. It's a Nutella. Like, come on. It's a fucking new commercial. Could someone not have figured that out? Like, seriously, could you not have maybe had her crying about how she's eating herself to death and maybe play a different commercial right after that? It's just, It just struck me as, like, so fucking weird. Like, why? Why would you? Anyway, whatever. Whatever. Anyway. So, uh, we, my favorite listener... No, not you. No, not you. No, not you. And I had a couple emails, exchanges through my new favorite 600-pound life. And one of them being, um, she pointed out, this listener pointed out that um, what's-her-face with the, with the bows in her hair? Didn't wear fucking shoes ever. And I thought, fuck. So I rewound it, and I watched it, and yeah. Sure as shit, she didn't wear fucking shoes anywhere. Oh, I forgot. And she didn't wear them to the airport because they had to fly from... Where the fuck were they? Oregon? To Houston? Or something like that? I can't quite remember So she can't walk And she gets there and she breaks The bariatric, like the big 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 wheelchair, she breaks it And she can't walk on account of how Um She's 650 pounds, so she can't walk So now she's got to go to the airport Shoeless, she doesn't have a fucking Pair of shoes on, she doesn't have Flip-flops, like I get, I get it I get that she's got those huge monstrous caps Really monstrous. I'm starting to think two and a half feet around isn't doing it justice. Maybe it's closer to three feet around. I'm not entirely sure. And, uh, so she can't walk. And of course the fucking people at the check-in at the airport are cunts with a capital C. He, the, the dad goes up and he's like, look, my daughter, she's, um, she can't walk through the airport. She needs help. Like, do you have another wheelchair? That wheelchair doesn't work. I don't know that he mentioned that she broke it with her monstrous foot. Um, and they're just like, sir, we're going to get to you. Yeah, we'll do the best we can, sir. And he's like, look, if she falls down, like, we won't be able to get her back up. Can you, like, can you help me? And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll get to you. Yeah, we're going to take care of that. It's like, fuck. You know, there are some times where you just need to have some fucking compassion. Like, she, she's in a bit of a pickle here. And having her fall down and people having to call the fire department, To pick her back up isn't going to be helpful in the long run to anyone. So she makes the suggestion of perhaps getting a huge um, luggage carousel wagon pushy thing. And she can't sit on it because she won't be able to get back up. So she kind of kneels on it. She's on her knees and her dad is pushing her. And uh, guess what? Someone took a picture of her. Because basically she just looked like a gigantic fat lady on on a luggage carousel thing trolley yeah so they took a picture and then the poor fat girl is like well she just took a picture of me I don't think I like that Mm. well and Sarah and I were talking I'm like why didn't they just fucking drive her instead of making her have to go through all this stupid shit like the embarrassment of getting through the airport people taking pictures of you the cunts at the front desk who of course are useless and uh riding the carousel trolley thing getting on the escalator, buying two seats on the plane. And the dad's like, well, we'd have to drive for three days. Well then, yeah, you should do that. Uh-huh. Be a lot easier for everyone if you just fucking drove there. But that's okay. Hey, none of my business. None of my business. Not my call to make. Mm-mm, no. So yeah, I was watching her feet the whole time. Not in the airport. Uh, not on the street. Not when she went for walks. At the end of it, they went to the zoo and I got to tell you, as the show went on, her weird, been hit in the head as a small child boyfriend named Rowdy. Yeah, his name is Rowdy. He he got progressively scuzzier and even more disgusting as the show went on over the course of the year. And at the very end, she goes walking through the zoo with her brother. Her brother is wearing jeans and shoes and a t-shirt and a, I think an overshirt and a leather jacket. And she's not wearing any fucking shoes. What does that tell you about the climate? It must have been pretty fucking cold for her brother to be wearing a leather jacket. That's not like a delightfully hot summer day where maybe some people like to walk barefoot. Like her feet must have been fucking freezing. I understand if you can't fit into shoes because of your huge calves that kind of leak to behind your foot, but you can wear a sandal. You could wear a moccasin or a pair of fucking socks. Like, why are you walking around outside without any shoes on? Especially since you probably can't even wash your own feet. I just, I just don't get it. I just I just don't get it. Okay, I'm sorry. And I know the audio on this is awful because I don't have a mic and all I'm talking into right now is my headset from my iPhone plugged directly into the computer, so this is gonna sound awful. But uh, whatever, what are you gonna do? Oh and I'd like to thank um there's a, a very nice young lady, I think, who sent in a donation. Great GBP, that's great British pound, right? I don't even know who this chick is. She just mysteriously sent me a donation for a pretty decent, uh, lovely amount of money. So I won't say your name, but I just want you to know personally that I thank you, and that's cool, because it's cool to get donations. If you wanted to go to the change of address Podbean site and donate, you could do that, but I don't like to beg too much, uh, because it's obnoxious, but that's my middle name, so whatever. And it's really cool to get a donation from someone I'm friends with on Facebook, but there's something kind of extra awesomely cooler-ish thing that happens when it's someone that you don't internet know. It's just someone who's been listening to your show and feels that you deserve money for doing it. I don't know how to explain how great that is, but it's, it's pretty darn great. It's about as great as Victoria, British Columbia in February. That's pretty fucking great. So thank you for that. And I got another iTunes review who in the States who said that she heard from me Heard of me from a subreddit group. And I don't really even fucking know what that is. So if somebody could fucking, you know, fill me in on what exactly that is. Uh, great. But thank you. Thank you. Wow. 30, 34 minutes here. I, uh, God. Okay, I am going to play Rose. And if you don't know who Rose is, Rose is a very early 50-something punk rock badass sweetheart, um single, newly divorced, lovely, lovely woman. I don't know what else to say. She's fucking punk rock. I think I'll say that. She's been through a lot of shit. She's lived a life, I'll tell you what. And uh, I was kind of... She was kind of referred to herself being as borderline asexual. And I don't really know what that means. I mean, I have a small idea about what asexuality is. But not really. Because I'm just so... um. Defined by my homosexuality That I don't understand what asexuality is So she said she would do some uh, I gotta stop doing that Research or she would look into it Because she kind of felt asexual So she's going to tell us all about it
1: I'm tired So tired I'm
2: tired of having sex So tired Hey everybody, this is Rose, and I think if we've learned one thing is that I should not sing along to Weezer, but fuck it. That's what I decided to do. That's my thing. I think I might kind of want to sing at the beginning of my segments, but maybe not. Anyway, this is me um, here to talk to you, boys and girls, about the world of asexuality. Um, I've made jokes about being borderline asexual a few times, and Sanchez wanted me to talk about it or clarify it. So the first thing I'm going to say is there is a documentary on Netflix called Asexual. Um, It's about an hour long, but it feels a lot longer. It's super boring, which I'm sure you all would assume anything that's not sexy, sexy, sexy would be is super boring. Um, One of the things I did learn from it, though, is that if you take the entire world population of people who are sexually active and do a survey asking how they self-identify, whether it's homosexual, heterosexual, or bisexual, 1% of the world population self-identifies as asexual. That is 1% of the world population that is old enough to be having sex, because babies should not be fucking. I think we can all agree babies should not be fucking babies, babies should not be fucking children, and they certainly shouldn't be fucking adults. There should be no baby fucking. Um, But that said, if you're old enough and sexually active or not, there's four different ways that people tend to self-identify on surveys, 1% will self-identify as asexual. And that's probably, that's often considered an under-reporting of, of asexuality. And that's because not everybody even knows the term asexual. Some people just think they're fucked up um, and, and don't know anything beyond that and keep quiet about it. Um, so, anyway, being asexual, in a nutshell, means you have zero sexual attraction towards anybody. You have zero interest in sex, um, with the exception of masturbating. Some asexuals do masturbate, although Dan Savage, who made a brief appearance in the documentary, says that anybody who masturbates cannot be asexual, Um I think he's super wrong about that because, hey, I've masturbated twice in the past nine months with my vibrator um, and had to wash it off because I'm a gusher. little known fact. Not a little known fact if you're a guy who's fucked me. And that goes back to the true definition of asexuality. Some asexuals have had sex. It was kind of like how some gay people have sex with, have heterosexual sex. It's to see if they really are gay or not. Or it's because they're in denial of it and trying to work through some shit Um, Asexuals will be the same way That wasn't the case for me when I was super, super duper sexual If you've heard prior segments, you know, I broke a bed, I broke a dick Um, I had one guy who had a fetish of uh, being peed on while the woman was coming and, And I've done that, that's right I pissed on a dude. I bet Sanchez is jealous of only part of that fact, as long as it didn't involve her coming. Um, Or maybe she's coming to the idea of me peeing on a dude. Wow, this segment has taken a turn. Um, Anyway... Um, asexuals will also be, some will be involved in romantic relationships, some of them won't. Some of them will welcome some form of physical affection that's not purely sexual, others won't. Some will go along with the act of sex, um, as something that they give to their partner, which they feel like it's no different than mowing the lawn. It's just something that they're going through the motions of, um, some will not do that, um, And I kind of can't, I don't know, I can't imagine having sex just for the sake of going through the motions. Um, So anyway, um, I would not technically qualify as asexual. um, But I do feel like I'm different than... Being celibate Um, In the past when I felt like I've jumped From one relationship to another too much I've taken time off Sometimes three or four months at a time Whoa whopping three or four months um, And told people like I'm not dating I'm not looking for Anything I need to spend this time By myself and be celibate But I was still hot to trot I just wasn't acting on it Um, The other thing about asexuality Is it can't Be can't fall into an umbrella of, say, a mental health diagnosis. In other words, if you've been diagnosed with chronic depression and say that you have no interest in sex, that's going to be seen as a symptom of being depressed. It's not going to be seen as asexuality. Um, Same thing with any... any other biological changes. If you've if you've gone through menopause and you don't have an interest in sex, and you're not fucking and don't have an interest in sex, that'll be seen more as a symptom of, se- of menopause and not an actual sexual orientation. Same thing if you're paralyzed by the waist down um, and your junk don't work. That doesn't mean that you're not giving head or fingering somebody. You're still being a sexual human being. Um, and I'm not being any of those things. Um, I'm not, I haven't taken a vow of celibacy because I don't have any interest in sex to be celibate from, if that makes sense. Um, I think I just mentioned masturbating twice in the past nine months. That's pretty much it since I moved here. And before I moved here, it was even fewer times because I had no privacy. Um, I also haven't had sex in the past seven years um, and haven't missed it. Okay, I did used to masturbate a lot more frequently. Let's just say it involved a fantasy three-way between me, Dave Attell, and Zach Galifianakis. Let's just say if you really wanna know the details, Dave Attell was in charge of going down on me to prime me up for Zach Galifianakis fucking me while I was giving Dave Attell a job. Yes, that's right. So maybe it's good that I'm not acting on these things, not that I would actually act on things like that, because the idea of having a three-way is more repugnant to me than coming on a guy—not coming on a guy, peeing on a guy when I'm coming. So anyway— I just have zero interest in sex. I have zero interest in any romantic relationships. Um, But the other thing is, is I could fall into that umbrella of it having to do more with my mental health situation right now than it has to do with me being, quote, unquote, asexual in the true definition of the word. Um, But anyway, that's... That's kind of it Um, all it means is that now when I get ready to go out into the world I care only about how I look for myself that day. Sometimes I feel like wearing makeup Sometimes I don't I don't give a shit about what I wear unless I like it because I'm not wearing anything to attract anybody Because I don't want anybody to notice me Um, When I'm on the bus or in a restaurant or whatever I no longer have that knee-jerk reaction to see if somebody getting on or walking through that door is cute or not Because I don't give a shit um, so this does free me up for a lot more healthy introspection right now, which is something that I really, really need um, as I'm still going through a lot of shits. Um, but because I have been sexually active, that would probably mean that I don't qualify. As, that absolutely means that I don't qualify as being asexual because I have had such strong sexual desires and acted on them. With such frequency, whereas um, asexuals pretty much have that realization when they're kids, just like any other sexual being, has some idea about where their identity falls within whatever scope you want to call it. So there you go. That's why I call myself borderline asexual, um, because I feel like it would be rude to true asexuals to say that I am but also where I'm at has nothing to do with being celibate. It's just I really have zero interest. And I can't even say that that's a sign of me being chronically depressed or having gone through menopause um, because I was banging like a banshee when I've been chronically depressed before. And my parts work real well. Even though I've had menopause, um, I'm still a gusher. and again, I, um, you know, masturbated like crazy even while I was premenopausal and going through it. Um, it's just sometime in the past four years, I guess, um, I just realized I had absolutely no interest in it. Okay, maybe not four years. Maybe it's only been about three years. Um, but still, yeah, zero interest. Will that interest ever come back? I have no idea. But the main thing is, is I don't fucking care if it does or not. So anyway, there you go. Bye.
0: Wow. Well, Rose, you've outdone yourself again. Um, I took some notes. Let's. I really hope no one ever finds my phone, because if they look through the notes section, it's uh, it's gonna be gonna be real weird. Um. Okay. So you peed on a dude while fucking him and having an orgasm. I think that has made me asexual. That that concept has made me how do you even do that like how can you how can you concentrate on peeing while you're having an orgasm like I didn't know that anyway well you did it that's how you do it You, you just did it um right so I hear you I'm really proud that you can get out of a relationship and take some time for yourself and you know really Feel your feelings. Um, I, on the other hand, cannot be alone. I have a really hard time being alone. Like, I've only really been in four relationships, and they were all back to back to back. I think some of them overlapped. Two of them overlapped because I'm a disgusting, cheating, filthy pig who doesn't take into consideration other people's feelings and satisfies my own sexual urges. I'm a piece of shit, basically is what it comes down to. So my first relationship, I was 19, I got cheated on, that one sucked, and I think I was single for like a month, and then I had a four-year relationship, which overlapped with my next relationship that lasted a year and a half, which overlapped with Sarah and I, which has lasted, fuck, 2006, holy shit. Is that eight years or nine years? Is that gonna be nine years? Can someone write in and do the math and see if that's gonna be nine years? Yeah, so that's lasted a long time and I haven't ever once cheated. Ever once, on her. Anyway, in my life, yes, on her, no. Uh, That wasn't important at all, but I'm not a good person. I'm not good alone. I've never really spent time on my own, really. I don't like to be single. And when Sarah dumped me for that month, I did not enjoy it. It was awful. So much so that I lost, I think, like 20 pounds in about a month-ish. Maybe three weeks. I'm not too sure. So, yeah, that's how I do alone, which is great, but not really. Um, having no interest in sex at all. Like, if you're asexual, I'm just going to ask you because I don't know the answer, and I don't think you do either. And I've got to tell you, we're staying in a guest house, which has a whole bunch of suites in it. It's like a hundred-year-old house. And, uh... It's kind of part of the condo fees. You can pay like a small amount and rent out these suites. And it's a very old house. And I'm kind of just became conscious of the fact that I can hear people in the hallway. Which makes me wonder if they can hear me. Which I feel right now is quite likely. Because I've been screaming about all kinds of disgusting things. And I'm now feeling self-conscious. And for good reason, I feel. Um, right next subject. So I'll just keep screaming about asexuality. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll scream out how weird I think your threesome is. Who am I to judge? I'm just kidding. It's just Zach Alephanakis, really? Is it that he's funny? Do you think he's handsome? I don't know that I think he's handsome. I think I'd like to get high with him and hang out, but I'm also not straight. Or maybe I am straight and this whole lesbian thing is just a shtick, just a podcasting shtick. It's all a, it's all a facade. I can't keep it up anymore. I want to say something really disgusting right now, but I won't, because I'm not that kind of guy. Um, I guess it must really free up a lot of energy, though. Although, come to think of it, I don't really care. Like, I guess I've been in a long-term relationship for a (laughs) (laughs) long-term. That I don't really care about other people. I don't care if they're attractive or not, because I don't have any interest in people sexually, I guess. Like, women-ish, you know? So I guess I don't really waste that much energy on it either because I find everyone else around me unattractive because I'm with the person that I really care about, which might kind of be weird on its own. Like, you'd think you'd find someone attractive. I must. I must have a crush. I gotta think about that one more. Okay, thanks so much, Rose. You really made that quick and punchy and uh, interesting and uh, really informative. So thanks for doing that for me. And if any of you want to contribute a segment, it's changeofaddress69 at gmail.com. So you go ahead and think about whatever you want to think about. You can pick a fake name if you want to, or use your real name. I don't fucking care. Or you can email me about my 600-pound life, and uh, it won't go ignored, okay? I really hate when people who, like, do shows and they always ignore their fans. It drives me fucking insane, like, if you send an email, you won't get an email back. If you send a Facebook message, like, I don't do that, really. I mean, just very rarely will I email any, any podcasts or send them Facebook messages. But sometimes you do, and you just don't get a response. And the little Facebook thing says seen, and it's like, oh, okay, so you just couldn't write back thanks or um, appreciate it or anything. You just write back nothing, but you know I can see that it says seen yeah, okay, right, like, it's just shitty, or if you tweet at somebody, and they just completely ignore it, it's like, oh, okay, great, because the reason you're famous is it's people like me, yeah, yeah, you're the, we're the reason you're, you're famous, yeah, us, yeah, okay, okay, so I won't do that to you, because I just, um, I feel like we're equals, I feel like if you had a podcast, you'd write back to me, so I promise I will totally write back to you, Even though I'm, like, super famous and stuff, I apparently, like, am uh, involved in some kind of subreddit, and as soon as I figure out what the fuck that is, I'm going to feel really good about myself, or really ashamed. I don't really... I'm going to have to really work that one out. I'm going to have to figure that one out. Okay. I kind of want to hoard the rest of these segments, so I think I will. I have one from Rainbow, and I have one... Fuck, from who? I can't remember. Oh, I have one from Electric Gary. Electric Gary, um is a guy that's been with me forever from my old podcast called return to sender he used to submit to that show as well and he's been around man he's got seniority around here and he met up with dr mike who also used to submit to the return to sender um show and once or twice on this show but i think i think he's just taken his lush hair and moved on down the road and that's okay whatever you know it's cool i'm not mad but i think we're still homies i think he just doesn't listen which is still cool i don't care I'm trying to sleep with his girlfriend right now anyway, so the less he hears of this show, the better, I think. Um, They met up in Oregon and had a few beers, and it's kind of like weird internet family meeting. Like, my internet friends are kind of hooking up and having a beer. And I feel like a connecting force there, because I don't know that they knew each other outside of Return to Sender. I don't know that they did. Anyway, if you want to listen to my old podcast, go ahead. I'm p- currently paying to have it put, up, put back up on iTunes. So if you search Return to Sender, look for my change of address logo and click on it. You can subscribe there. Listen to whichever ones. I'm trying to think of which one. Pap Goes the Bull is a good one. That's about my first pap smear. And when I first put that show up, I had all the audio in from the actual procedure. And I remember being very pregnant and thinking, I don't want this on the internet. And, yeah, I took it down, and I cut out all the parts I did not like, you know, of me screaming and asking if that was an umbrella he had put in there, and telling him he wasn't going to get his watch back, and it was just awful, it was just awful, and a lot of, I was just in a tremendous amount of pain. I felt like someone had, had driven a, a, a freight train through my vagina, so, yeah, anyway, I took that down, so that's a good one you should listen to. Um, Oh, my computer's so loud. Okay, I better just stop this. But I want to tell you one quick thing first. Uh, So far, my favorite part of this trip, I don't know how to paint the picture of Sarah's mom, except to say that she was a kindergarten teacher for many, many years. Very, very kind-hearted. I've never seen her angry ever in my entire life. And uh, on this trip, we're driving and she's, you know, giving us kind of like a tour through the car about what goes where in the ocean and how old these houses are and all this stuff. And she showed us, oh, this is, you know, this is a, a field here and there's wild daffodils starting to grow. You can see them growing. And she's like, you know what? Every once in a while, you walk by these fields with these wild daffodils and you see someone is carrying a daffodil. Someone has ripped a wild daffodil out of that field and they're just walking around with it. And she turns around to us and she's like, really? Really? You took a daffodil? Really? What if everyone took a daffodil? There wouldn't be any left. And you just go up there and you get on your hands and knees and pull one out of the ground? Really? It's like she was like absolutely fucking enraged that anyone (laughs) would pluck a daffodil out of the ground. And I thought, well, I think I'd like a daffodil, but not anymore. Uh so it's been like the theme of the of the trip every time something stupid happens. <laughs> we're all like, "Really? Really?" Cuz like this woman is so sweet and so nice and so wonderful and it's just like that that was the line for her. That was the absolute fucking line. Never again. Never again. Okay, I don't know what else to say to you folks. It's been about an hour now. I kind of want to just keep talking cuz I miss you. I just feel like I haven't done enough shows lately. <laughs> And uh, that makes me shitty. But it makes you awesome. And I think absence makes the heart grow fonder. Does it not? Isn't that what they say? Yeah, whatever. Okay, so send me an email. Changeofaddress69gmail.com You can friend me on Facebook. I'm really not weird about it. You can Sandra D. Sanchez on Facebook. On Twitter. Fuck out, Stitcher. You can put us in your favorites on Stitcher. Leave a review on iTunes. Um, I don't know. I can virtually spoon you at Your leisure, if you're not too weird, okay. And podcast suggestions Ronna and Beverly very, very, very good show. I find them very funny. It's two late 30 something comedians pretending to be 50 something Jewish women, and it makes me laugh like seriously, lol, omg, WTF, right? Right, but they really make me laugh out loud, they're really funny. Uh, the lesbian mylesbianradio.com that's on Podbean you can look up mylesbianradio Denise hosts that show and Donna sometimes is on that show as well she hosts as well and they've got like so lesbian interviews they've got all kinds of gay shit they're just really really funny and uh, informative and oh god I gotta stop doing that um who else who else who else Keith and the Girl that's a great show oh uh No One's Safe That's a new podcast from Winnipeg. You can look up the Garbage Hill Podcasting Network on Facebook. Check those all out. Uh, There's a coach surfing podcast that is affiliated with that. Loose Ropes Wrestling, if you like wrestling. Warped Increase, if you like uh, collecting music, I guess. Vinyl, maybe. Growing beards and listening listening to vinyl. You can do that. I can't think of what else. So check those all out, or don't. Whatever. And call me. Like, I need you. Send me a message. Text me. Email. Let's get close. Let's get 600-pound life close. Could have been you. Could have been me. Could have been me loving you, wanting me. Hit me with your best shot. Why don't you hit me with your best shot? Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. That's what I'm going to sing when we do the I Am Ancient sing-along in 2048. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to request that one. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah, I should just end this. I'm just going to go. Okay. I'm just going to go. Just know that I love you and I miss you. And I really wish we were better friends, unless you're weird, in which case uh, I got to go.